A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. You, Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer, you are named forever. Why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways, and harden our hearts so that we fear you not? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you. While you wrought awesome deeds we could not hope for, such as they had not heard from of old. No ear has ever heard, no eye ever seen, any God but you doing such deeds for those who wait for him. Would that you might meet us doing right, that we were mindful of you in our ways. Behold, you are angry. And we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves. And our guilt carries us away like the wind. There is none who calls upon your name who rouses himself to cling to you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us up to our guilt. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you the potter. We are all the work of your hands. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. turn to you let us see your face and we shall be saved Lord make us turn to you let us see your face and we shall be saved O shepherd of Israel hearken from your throne upon the cherubim shine forth, rouse your power, and come to save us. Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. May your help be with the man of your right hand, with the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life, and we will call upon your name. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. 
A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus that in him you were enriched in every way with all discourse and all knowledge. As the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and by him you were called to fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. These words of exhortation come from the new gospel that we have for this new liturgical year. The gospel of St. Mark is the shortest of the four gospels, only 16 chapters long, 
And he is presenting us with words that Jesus is speaking in the context of his parousia, that referring to the second coming in great glory at the end of history. We may be somewhat puzzled by this and saying, well, here we are in Advent, and we are being called to prepare for Christmas, but yet we're being shown the end. But this is because the church wants us to realize, yes, the need to be mindful of how God in his fidelity came in the fullness of time in history to remain and to be in our midst, Emmanuel, God with us, but to also cultivate that sense of longing and awareness of the second coming in glory, when he will not come in obscurity, but it will be a cosmic event, all of the heavens, the entire earth, as we hear Isaiah the prophet lamenting the condition of the people who are coming out of the throes of the consequences of not being faithful to the covenant of God, things are in disarray. They have returned to Jerusalem only to find it is totally a mess. And it's a heartfelt prayer. The majority of what we hear in the first reading is a heartfelt prayer of the prophet who is living 700 years before the advent, before the coming of the Christ promised by God, in this lament, this prayer is one of, of just earnest desire that God, even though you have allowed this, you've allowed our hearts to be hardened, you've allowed the enemy to trample upon all that is sacred, not only to you but to us, would that you would come and rend, rend the heavens, come down and shake the earth. He's remembering the ways in which God manifested his presence among the people during the time of Moses, leading the people out of the place of bondage. And he's asking for something of this, something, something staggering, something that would be unmistakable. They would know it to be the Lord. This is the way, as they are finding themselves totally powerless, completely bankrupt. Our deeds are like, are like what did they say, uh, like polluted rags. He's very much aware, and he's letting the Lord know, you're angry, we're sinful, but you are our Father. You are our Father. You have brought us about as a potter who molds the clay. Come, come and save us. And then we hear it continued in the psalm, Psalm 80, a very risky proposal, wanting the Lord to, Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. To see, to look upon the face of God was believed to be something that was a, quite a risky thing to do because to look upon God in our limited, finite condition, one could not live. Remember, Moses made such a proposition and God would, he told them, cover your eyes. And then he passed and he said, but I'll allow you to look upon my back. You can kind of imagine Moses maybe trying to peek through his fingers to see, but, but God had all provisions taken care of so that he wouldn't uh, overstep, that he wouldn't overstep boundaries. And here we find ourselves, and maybe some of us are finding it very uh, unbelieving somehow to, to realize here we are in the first week of Advent. Where is the time going? 
It just seems as though everything has gotten into a very big movement of, of fast pace. Some of us in this time are filled with expectation of joy, anticipating Christmas and what that means. The opportunity to buy gifts, to, to have time together with family and friends, time off from work. But then there are some in our midst who are dreading this Christmas. It's the first time perhaps that we are going into the celebration of Christmas without a very dear loved one that has gone from us. They've died. They've transitioned from this side to the other. Perhaps we're struggling with the idea of how am I going to make Christmas special for my children or my loved ones with gifts that I'm finding it difficult to make ends meet just to put food on the table. So there are different dispositions of hearts and minds as this time of Advent presents us with a word and with images to prepare us for what has already come, the reality of the birth of the Savior in the fullness of time, and for what is yet unknown to us. And to bring this home to us, Jesus speaks about a man going off on a journey, but entrusting the servants with responsibilities. Each has been given their, their particular responsibility, and the person at the gate is to keep the watch. We have to wait. We don't know exactly. And that's a problem for us, isn't it? Think about how we try to avoid waiting for anything. High-speed, ultra-speed internet. Fast food. Even shopping online, you can have it brought to you. You don't even have to go out anymore. All of these conveniences, anything and everything to keep us from being in a situation where we have to wait. Well, for the residents of Bell Chase, if you're traveling on this highway, you are learning how to wait. I am learning more and more how to take those times on that highway as a tremendous time of praying, of praying, of being mindful of where is Jesus at a time like this? He's where he always is. He's with us. And Advent affords us an opportunity to take stock of how have we lost the sense of the Lord's abiding presence. It happens to all of us. Life happens. Things come about. We're running here. We're running there. And we just lose the sense of where is God. And yet he is saying to us, I am here. And so this time to step back, the penitential colors of the, of the violet is here again. We see the trappings of the sanctuary are stripped in a way that's simplistic. No frills and thrills. It's a call to get back to the basics, to come to terms with the fact that all of us are utterly powerless to save ourselves. We all have our fair share of circumstances and condition that we deal with within ourselves, within relationships of those near us, in our sphere of influence. Let's not even have to go further than that outside and look at the national. It's enough for us to deal with what we have going on right here within our own minds, within our own hearts. And so Advent is calling us to have a both-and disposition Gratitude for the first coming 
and alertness and anticipation of the future reality, but not to the extent that we get caught up with calculating, trying to figure it out. We have to stay grounded in the present moment. That's the key, that both end, and therein is where the tension can be. I was sharing at the 8 o'clock Mass that when I was on a retreat, there was Father Ronald Rollheiser, an oblate of Mary Immaculate. He was sharing about his priest friend who was teaching in the, in the seminary in the field of, he was teaching a class on moral theology. He was presenting, and one of the seminarians thought he would uh, present a, a challenge to the professor and, and ask him a question that was completely off topic, but he wanted to see how he wanted it. He wanted to, he wanted to stimulate a reaction from the professor. He said, Father, he raised his hand, Father, are you ever impure with yourself? Whereby I was shocked. What kind of question is he asking the, the priest? And the priest closed his, his book, his notes. He said, ordinarily, I wouldn't entertain such a question. But for this moment, and in light of the opportunity I have to share with you as well as myself, something that puts into a fuller perspective what it looks like to be the disciple of the Lord Jesus, I'm going to respond to your question. And my answer to your question is yes. Sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. And when I am, I'm not as good of a priest as I could be and should be. And when I'm not, I am the priest that Christ calls me to be. But let's get beyond that. Let's talk about the bigger issue of what you are touching on with this question. And the question he's really asking the professor, and he was saying, is that you're asking me basically, Father, when you are overwhelmed with the tension of the cross, what do you do? Do you do this from time to time? Yes, that sometimes is one of the things I turn to. But what we need to bear in mind is when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to responding to the clarion call to be in, in union with the Lord in this great work of transformative love and mercy, are you and I weak enough to be his disciple? We don't think about that, do we? We often think about, Lord, I just need more strength. Give me more strength. We think about how we need to be strong. We have to be brave. But yet, when, for, when, the, when the Christ came in the fullness of time, did he come in great strength and power? He came in such a vulnerability, so weak, so small, so dependent upon the ways in which the Father in heaven had set for him to come and make his abode with us to dwell with us and among us. Advent gives us a time to review, to reflect upon the last year. How well have we assimilated the things? How, much have, how well have we taken to ourselves the lessons of the Savior, his teaching? How well have we shared with others what we've received, our experience of the Lord? particularly when life doesn't make sense, when we are feeling ourselves worn down and beat down, where we cry out, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see 
your face and we shall be saved. But St. Paul gives us beautiful words today. He assures us that we have been given every spiritual blessing and grace from the heavens in order to navigate, to make it through all of this. To surrender to the extent that we will be like the, the Savior himself. By emptying himself, what did he do? He gave us the, the potential, the capacity to become rich in his poverty, to be detached from the things of a world that is passing away. But we are not to be distraught about this. God is setting in mo has set in motion a new creation. It's happening. And we are being given the example. We are being invited to look at the past and seeing how things happened then so that we can see the pattern. The same way the old covenant gave way to the new covenant, it will be in like fashion when the new and eternal covenant gives way to the, to the age of glory. These things are being set before us to give us perspective, to strengthen our conviction and trust in God. And then we can more realistically, more realistically, and, and, and in, a, in a more uh, meaningful way, give ourselves to the charge that is entrusted to us until the master returns. We don't have the means of texting Jesus. <laughs> can you give me an estimated time of your arrival? I've, I've got the turkey in the, in the oven. Want to know because if not, I'm going to cancel the party. Don't cancel your party. If he comes before the Advent season is over, there's no need to panic or to be discouraged. You just, okay, here we are. I'm celebrating what was to come, what's yet to come, and yet you surprised me today, and yet I'm prepared. He'll be happy to know that you have things in place to celebrate, but don't celebrate to the extent that you forget that this isn't the end. This is all a process of transformation. So let us consider how we are going to pray how we're going to embrace a penance in this brief period of time to set our hearts in a way that it's welcoming to the Lord, that he will not find anything else occupying our hearts. He wants to take full possession of you and me. This is the way. Perhaps you will take advantage of the, of the presentations of Father Maestri these weeks of Advent. From 5.30 to 6, refreshments. The Lord is aware of younger families that have challenges with the young people, even yourselves. Come. For the little ones, they'll have child care being provided by our school community. Come and be here. Make the sacrifice to, to, to re-establish uh, your, your insight as to how God remains with us. How do we become more familiar with the ways in which he presents himself to us? A scripture passage might strike you, may stand up, put it on a post-it note, put it somewhere where you can see it every day. It becomes your mantra throughout the, the, the weeks of Advent. Maybe from week to week, something hits you. Whatever it takes, think outside the box. Do what you need to do to make yourself to stay alert and not grow sluggish. And as you maybe do away with some of the things that have become distractions and have taken a place they shouldn't have in your life, 
then you have to make sure whatever you put in place to replace that thing that was a distraction, how do we do that and then sustain it and sustain it for the whole of the journey? Herein is where the Holy Spirit will assist us. The community, we're here for each other. This is a time of no beginnings. We look back to what was in light of what is yet to come while staying grounded in this here and now moment. In a couple of moments, we'll move to the liturgy of the Eucharist. The Lord will feed us. The living bread come down from heaven. The medicine of immortality. Show us, Lord, your love and grant us your salvation. God love you.